Hello again. Welcome to the Content Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Halverson. This podcast is brought to you by contentstrategy.com and Brain Traffic, a content strategy consultancy. Find out more about Brain Traffic at braintraffic.com. So today I have not one, not two, but three amazing guests on our podcast. And I'm going to introduce you to each one of them. Ms. Hillary Marsh, hello. Hi. Hillary, you are president and chief strategist of Content Company, a content and digital strategy consultancy. I am. What is your response to that? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I have Carrie Hain. Carrie is the founder and principal strategist of Tanzan which provides content strategy, consulting, and training designed to change how organizations approach content. Hi, Carrie. Hi. And finally, we have Dina Lewis, CAE, who has founded Distilled Logic in 2006 to help associations and nonprofits with content strategy, information architecture, and usability research. Hi, Dina. Hi. Wow, the magic of modern technology. Where are, where are you? Where are you today? Uh, I am in Chicago. It's Hillary. Hillary in Chicago. Carrie, um, where are you? Yeah, I am in a suburb of Washington, D.C. What is that suburb called? Springfield, Virginia. You know, this is the chance when there, this is the time when everybody says, I know somebody in D.C. Do you happen <laughs> to know my Aunt Jody? <laughs> uh, Dina, where are you? I am in Washington, D.C. So Do you, you know, know, I know somebody in Washington, D.C. Do you know Carrie Hain? <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, I'm hilarious. This is off to a great start. I have asked you all to come on the podcast today because you undertook some really interesting uh, research. I believe it was last year, right? Did it start last it started actually in, in uh, the uh, fall of 2017. The fall of 20, 2017. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Um, but I, you have been sharing the findings of that research, and it's, it's uh, some of the very first, I think, rigorous research that's been done around content strategy within organizations and its effectiveness, uh, how it has shaped organizational culture, and what it can tell us about uh, where organizations are in terms of their maturity with content strategy. And I'm super excited to hear about it today. What I'd like to do is, is start with, with you, Dina. Can you talk a little bit about what the research was, why you uh, undertook it, and who was involved? Sure. So ASAE Foundation, which is the American Society for Association Executives. So it's an association for an associations. Right. Yeah, okay. Great. DC has a lot of that. <laughs> they, they actually were a very valued brain traffic client for a long time. So I'm super excited to hear about this partnership too. Yeah. So their foundation, um, along with the Angarosa Research Foundation with Stratton Media Strategies, who helped fund the research, um, decided to focus on content strategy because they know that associations are in the content business. In fact, uh, previous research they had done, um, the decision to join, identified the fact that association members ranked dissemination of knowledge and content as four of the top five most important functions in association. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's juicy. 
Yeah, exactly. So they commissioned the study primarily to answer the question, how are associations managing the challenges and changes in how they create, facilitate, curate, and disseminate knowledge and learning through the content that they publish? And how often does the foundation often commission different kinds of research within associations. That's part of the function of ASC, correct? Is to kind of let associations have benchmarks and understand trends. Exactly. The foundation um, underwrites at least four and maybe more different studies throughout the year on all different phases of association management. Excellent. This is really, I mean, content strategy has been around for 20 years and this is really the first time that I had heard of an organization commissioning research like this around content strategy. Is that, yes. is that right? It yeah, is right. I mean, it's, yes, I, I, th- I thought so too. And I was worried when I saw, when I opened the RFP that they sent that, oh gosh, do they really understand what content strategy is? Is this you know, going to be sort of a figure out what we need to, to do and then do it? Um, and it turned out that they worked with a, a staff, a, a member volunteer team that really got it. Right. So um, we were so excited to see, to see this RFP. There, there's nothing better than walking in the room and sitting down with a bunch of like-minded people who are like, yes, content, complex, complicated, uh, let's dig in versus content. How much do we need and where should we put it? So that's awesome. Right. Great. So, so tell me a little bit about the methodology. How did the three of you come together? Did you join together to answer to this RFP? We did. That was kind of the exciting point for us because typically the foundation um, works with more of an academic bent toward research, sure. of course. And we brought to the table, obviously, people within the practice. And we felt like a team of content strategists would really bring um, a good perspective, both with our experience, but also, also with our research capabilities within the field. And they agreed. So yeah. we were super excited. You all are like the dynamic duo, except trio of uh, <laughs> content strategy. I mean, it's just so exciting and impressive to have these three giant brains behind this research. So talk to me then about... And particularly how, in the association world. Yes, right. for so sure. I the mean, three how of us that? have presented together and several times mm-hmm. um, about content strategy for association. And so we've often brought... Um, speaking opportunities together, workshops. So we've worked together, um, like I said, a good handful of times before we undertook this. And we felt that uh, we were the three most well-known practicing content strategists in the association field. Yeah, you, you guys kind of owned the room before you even walked in. That's great. Tell, tell me a little bit then about how the research was conducted, who you talked to, and, and then let's start digging into some of the high-level findings. Sure. So the primary goals were to identify effective practices, provide direction to align those practices with goals, and to inspire leaders to undertake a strategic approach to their content. So we wanted to do that in several ways. We did an environmental scan to see what existed out there around association content strategy. We did two surveys. Um, And we also did um, a number of interviews with practitioners to kind of develop the findings from those surveys. And I think Hillary can speak to the environmental scan because that was, I think, interesting in the concept of what actually existed 
about content strategy in the field. Right. So we found um, 68 articles, presentations, and reports about various aspects of content strategy related to associations that were published between 2010 and 2017. And so um, just like the, the finding of it was, you know, a research effort. And then um, distilling what all the pieces said was very interesting. And everybody has their own point of view. You know, if it was a blog post from an agency, it talked about content strategy through the activities they do. If it was a presentation from a technical vendor, it might focus on the technical aspects of um, content strategy. So they were different. So there's sometimes misconceptions and confusions. Sometimes it was case studies and sometimes it was kind of definitions. I think the other portion, um, particularly regarding the initial profile surveys, just to identify who's doing it was one of the most exciting pieces for us and I think for the foundation because over the course of the work, we identified more than 460 associations that were represented as doing some aspect of content strategy. So I feel like that finding and just that knowledge that so many people were doing it was really interesting, um, not only for us, but for the foundation to actually see. And really exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is where we had to figure out how to make it measurable. Right. So what does it mean to say you're doing content strategy? And um, again, because we knew that from the literature review, from the environmental scan, each entity might define it differently, we had to go as broad as we could. And so we put our heads together in um, documenting what we found as techniques and tactics and from our own work techniques and tactics and came up with 17 um, things that are um, the content strategy is made up basically i'm getting anybody else yeah great i'm giving anybody i'm like now worried about cutting you guys off so i'm giving anybody else a chance to jump in can you read those 17 things to me like i'm dying to know what they are sure. what are they they're, none of them are going to be a surprise to you or probably anybody listening to the podcast. No, either. but it's amazing to just like know that you've collected and disseminated and analyzed this information and we were able to like boil it down to 17 concrete things. So bring it. Sure. So there's two that fall into the bucket of let's call it understanding the organization, which are the development of a content strategy statement. And these are, of course, not in order of which they happen, but how they group together. Sure. So content strategy statement and stakeholder interviews. Um, another bucket is, and you can slice and dice these differently as well, uh, content, uh, making content more effective. And so for those, it might be a content audit, inventory and analysis, um, and an editorial style guide. So then there's another bucket of tactics that really fall into helping content creators improve and helping content improve, which is content governance, the digital content training, and content job descriptions, ensuring that the responsibilities for for creating or managing content are included in the job descriptions for people who do it. There are some that are uh, about understanding the audience. So those are personas, customer journey maps, their content analytics, usability testing. Um, there's marketing promotion planning buckets, which is uh, central content planning calendar and search engine optimization. And then there's sort of the back end piece, which are taxonomy, metadata, and control vocabulary as well as content models and structured content. 
Okay, so you've identified these 17 kind of pieces of content strategy that are that are appearing within the activities and outputs of, of these 400 plus associations. Talk to me a little bit now about kind of what some of your, your high level findings were from this research. Sure, so in those three areas um, of findings, I would say one was that content strategy definitely scales. So in the interviews that we did and in evaluating the survey results, we saw small associations with, with as few as like three staff members successfully meeting member needs with the content that they produced. And then we heard from organizations with hundreds of people on staff with a variety of departments um, producing all kinds of different kinds of content successfully meeting member needs too. So it didn't really matter if it was a small or large or a high budget or a low budget organization. There was definitely representation of content strategy practice across the board. So that was one. The second one was the value of content strategy um, tactics based on what type of culture you were in. Now, we all knew, um, Hillary and Carrie and I, and you know, Christina, that culture makes such a huge difference about content strategy. And that was something that we thought going in, but it was definitely validated by the research that we did. People were looking for content strategy to break down those typical silos that exist, particularly in associations. So you think that culturally then, uh, that content strategy really can find a footing when they're sort of, now I'm going to put words in your mouth, so let me say it like this instead, what I have found... What you're saying is, what I have found is exactly that, that within organizations where those silos exist, oftentimes there are one or two people or even three who, who work within different silos who come together and say, this has got to, we've got to start creating some processes that, that begin to provide visibility and, and uh, integrate efforts across these silos. And our tool is content strategy. Is that, is that what you're seeing? That's exactly right. Yeah, isn't that funny how that spirit can just pop up across every industry? Absolutely. And one of the things that we saw, and, and Carrie, you might want to say more about this, is that sometimes a department became, or a department lead took content strategy forward. So it might have been the marketing department, and that might have looked like something. It might have been the events department or the conference department, and that looked a little bit different. Okay, so those are your first two findings. What, what have, what's the third finding that you talked about? So the third one was the fact that an actual maturity model around the set of practices that make up a content strategy actually emerged. And we define those in the categories of a beginning organization, an intermediate organization, and an advanced organization that was practicing content strategy. So that I'm really excited to talk about a little bit more. I have, Rahel Bailey developed a content maturity model in like 2009, and we still use that in presentations to new clients to say, you, you know, and she had five stages, right? And it went from very tactical to mature and strategic. And we often would say, okay, early diagnosis client, you are on this, this second step. And we know that in the course of this project, you want us to take you to the fifth step. And that's not going to happen. You have to go to the third step. 
is that, are you finding that organizations are trying to like leapfrog and do these huge projects that, that will get them there? Or did you hear that people were being realistic and that they were more self-aware of like, yeah, we know we have a ways to go and we're, we've created a strategy that, that will be a stepping stone to get there. What, what generally did you see? Yeah. So we found that people can't skip anything. Um, that even the, the, the few that are in the advanced stage um, started at the beginning. Um, you can't really, what that's, and that was something that we kind of went back and looked at as we were writing up the report and said, yeah, nobody can skip this. So you have to start at the beginning and start somewhere and, what, and go through the path. And, and each path looks different depending on the people in the organization structure, but there's no skipping anything. Um, you can move faster or slower. We found some organizations that maybe took a year to get from beginning to advanced or nearly advanced. Um, other organizations have been kind of hanging out in the, in the middle for several years. So, um, but that, that was something that, that we saw, just like you said, you know, you can't go from one to five mm-hmm. in, in one project or, or really even in one year because um, what we found is the, one of the, the hallmarks of the different stages is what your culture is like. And you can't change a culture that fast. Uh, Let, okay, so now let's talk about each of those stages. Let's talk, dig in for me a little bit with that. You called it beginning. What are some of the foundational pieces that need to fall into place before you're ready to sort of step into and evolve into the intermediate? So what we found is we, we identified beginning as doing at least one of those tactics um, with at least one person um, doing it within the organization. organization just like you said, there's often a champion um, or a department and they'll get a few allies on board and they'll do some of these tactics depending on what works for them. And they're really excited. And they, as they start to share their success um, is when they move into the intermediate stage. So they go from being fairly organic to being more cooperative and getting more people to, to buy in and creating some alignment, but not organizationally wide necessarily. Um, but they, they can optimize, they have something to optimize when they get to the intermediate level. So, um, you know, they've been doing it for a little while or a long while, depending on, on what's happening. Um, and they can start, start be using their analytics, not just setting them up, um, setting up some workflows, working across departments, um, one of the hallmarks for the intermediate was having working groups that were cross-disciplinary. Um, and those often happened very organically as well, not, not by someone above saying, you must all meet together and work. It was more organic than that. And then to move into the advanced category, which very few organizations have moved there, is you've completely integrated content strategy into your organization. Um, and you're focused more on the outcomes, you're measuring not page views or Twitter likes or Facebook engagement, but are you getting more people to your conferences? What's your membership retention and recruitment look like? Um, What are your non-dues revenue look like? So it's more business oriented um, through content, not the content itself um, as the outcome. So let's pause there for just a second because I think that one of the 
big things that I see over and over is people, you know, people who are ready to invest in content strategy saying, how am I going to measure outcomes? How am I going to know that this was a success? Yeah. And when, when we're able to say, well, you know, let's identify business objectives, uh, try to get to some hard metrics that can be measured. One of the challenges that we see is that unless you are looking at a direct, for example, marketing and sales and retention model or customer service, being able to identify we fix this help center and, uh, you know, it cut down on our, on our costs, on our customer service call center costs. Um, talk to me about how you were able to create through lines for these associations to say, you started at the beginning with these content strategy tactics, you moved through into the advanced stage, and here's how we're now measuring the, out, the outcomes of content strategy. So I'd like to just take a step back here for a second so, and talk a little about the role that content plays in an association, because I think that that's where associations are, are um, in a better and worse position than other kinds of organizations in terms of thinking about their content. So for the most part, content in an association is the work that they do. It's the programs they offer and the things they produce. So there's very little content that the organization produces just because. Sometimes they do from a marketing perspective, but for the most part, content is a much deeper function in an association, um, which makes it possible to tie content about a program to the program's outcome. Right, so, because, so this is an instance in which this is an association, it's a kind of organization where content is one of their primary products. It is. And, okay. and yeah. the way they show value. Yes. And, and the, the first challenge in working with associations is in helping everyone who is a subject matter expert creating content understand that, that that's what they're doing. So they're, they're a meeting planner, they're a government you know, lobbyist, or they are a um, magazine editor or any of those other functions or a course developer, but what they're actually doing as far as we're concerned is creating content. So the output of their class is content. The information about the class is content. And therefore we can, the raw material is there to sort of look at and dive in more deeply, but yes, content is at the end of the day what they do. Isn't that funny because do you remember, I mean, 20 years ago, when the web was really in the hands of graphic designers and uh, computer programmers, yep. and we were all shouting, you know, why don't you put words or images or video on the web? You're a publisher. And companies were like, la, 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> That's so <laughs> that true. Is still, that is still a conversation and a mind shift that, that uh, associations are needing to make. Right. Mm-hmm. The particular well, not just associations, but the particular challenge that associations have that other kinds of organizations don't is the extra layer of the committee member volunteers. And so that's where a lot of the times the silos come in because departments, staff departments are often accountable to these member volunteers and the members work in the profession. In my case, you know, I used to work for the National Association of Realtors. It might be the, it might be doctors or lawyers or any number of professions and the people in the profession have decided to um, volunteer and give back to the profession 
by serving on a committee of some kind for the association. And they're doing it out of the goodness of their own hearts, but they're not professional meeting planners. They're in whatever profession they are in. And so the departments tend to have this view sort of out into that inner ring of member volunteers they work with. So one, they kind of think that the member volunteers equal the membership at large, which they don't. Um, and they also stop going horizontally to their peers in other departments because they're so focused on on working on behalf of and hand in glove and partnership with these member volunteers. So this then becomes an opportunity for content strategy principles and tactics to begin to kind of widen their perspective. And as you said, to begin to connect kind of horizontally with their peers across the organization. Right, right, exactly. So I, I interjected then because that, that, under, that served as underlying knowledge for, for the, the underst- helping us understand the challenges that association staff people go through in trying to implement content strategy and the opportunities and challenges for doing so. Okay, that's really helpful. Thanks. Uh, Carrie, do you want to keep, keep talking about uh, the maturity model? Yeah, so, so one thing I think is interesting is the, how the, the respondents to um, our surveys broke down between the different levels. So we had um, 28% of associations who said they were doing content strategy. Uh, so that's at least one tactic. Um, so a little over a quarter of associations out there are doing that. Um, 62% are at the intermediate level. So that over half of the people doing it have made it as far as beyond one person doing a few things to be more strategic but only 11% um, have made it to the advanced level. And, um, and that, I think, goes back to speaking to the culture and um, making it an organization-wide way to think about your business and content supporting and being related to the business goals rather than being something else, um, that, rather than just being a thing that people output because that's part of their job. Were you able to identify some common threads between the associations who made up that 11%? Um, you know, we've talked about how, uh, you know, these associations have sort of recognized that content is one of their, is, the, is their primary product and they need to be treating it strategically. What are some other uh, points that you were able to identify sort of characteristics of these associations that made them able to be able to function at that advanced level with content strategy? Um, I guess it's, it's, a lot of the people, right? Content strategy is people. <laughs> um, and having, having an operating mode of continual iteration and, um, and really just being able to sustain the vision um, beyond a certain person um, and incorporating that into the mission. So one, one quote, part of one of the quotes we had from someone um, is, you know, they say, we start with the board's priorities. Then as an organization, we come up with a plan of work for what we want to accomplish and tie our content goals to that plan of work. Um, I think that is so rare, mm-hmm. um, especially in boards like to Hillary's point about the, the, the member involvement at the volunteer level. Um, that includes the board and boards are often 
telling staff what they want them to do and the staff just says, yes, I'll go and do that rather than working cohesively with, okay, you board, you tell me what you want us to accomplish. We, the staff, will figure that out. So having that kind of relationship with a board um, changes a lot of things. Um, and that doesn't, again, doesn't happen overnight, but you know, as they've shifted, they, I'm assuming that this, this organization, the people who are in charge of content strategy had a good communication with their executives and their board to get them to that place. Yeah, I agree with that, um, that Carrie. And I think that leadership piece, even though they may have endorsed the idea of implementing content strategy in the organization, the exec and the leadership team needs to see some payoff at some point, right? So I think the other aspect of both the intermediate and advanced um, organizations was that they really dug into the analytics piece and used data to quantify the work that the content was doing for the organization. So, you know, they were able to tie those business goals back to increased conference attendance or increased product sales or more member engagement and prove to the C-suite folks that content strategy was really delivering on the promise. So this is all such rich information. And I think that there are so many lessons to be taken away, you know, whether or not you're an operating association. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing so many parallels uh, within any organization who is producing content that, you know, an end audience wants to, wants to uh, use or consume or watch or attend or whatever. Let, let's say though now um, that I am, I'm at an association, let's say we have 30 people and all 30 of us are completely overtaxed already, you know, but we realize a change needs to be made or we're going to just keep on cranking out content without knowing if it's effective or valuable for anyone. How do I get started? So you start with your pain points. Um, and that's what we saw, you know, different organizations had different pain points. So they started in different places. Um, so, you know, I think we can all three of us talk about the different things that, um, that we saw with the people we've talked to, the people we've worked with, the associations we've worked for. Um, but yeah, starting with what, where it's going to make the biggest bang for your buck. Um, so maybe your lack of ability to prioritize content um, is your biggest pain point or something that you have control over. So maybe you start with surveying your members or doing personas um, or even stakeholder interviews to just get that bigger picture and then share that back with people. Um, right. so that's, that's one way. Yeah, another common pain point we saw was um, that there's not often connections between departments. So getting back to why do departments work independently in associations? And so for those, it might be including the content responsibilities. It might be bringing people together to create the personas or create the content strategy statement, or it might be creating a, sim um, a singular content model so that everybody's uh, content uses the same uh, common structure, or it might be starting a, uh, an organization-wide content calendar. So people are planning their content and seeing what else is going to be created for the same people on the same topic in kind of the same time frame. 
Yeah, and another way would be, again, to pick up on that point I was making earlier, um, if you have goals in place, um, collecting the right data to see the results and make decisions about how to change your content creation or publishing practices. So do you have the right digital analytics tools in place? And hey, not only have them, but actually use the metrics in a meaningful way to support the decisions about future content that might be needed to fill gaps that your members have. And then overall, establishing those governance policies so everyone understands their role and responsibility within their job description and how to make the decisions to keep creating the content and publishing the content to move forward. No, I think the government governance is a is a key because and that's a really a really big key to to keep moving through this maturity uh, model is without that governance you're just going to do whatever people feel like doing. So you have to have the governance and the enforcement of the guidelines you create um, and as well as training of people um, so that the whole organization understands and is working from the same playbook, if you will. But the governance is only possible when you have the buy-in at the top. Yeah. To go from a, um, a culture that's competitive to one that is collaborative and works in partnership with each other and sees that their content is related, especially as far as the member is concerned, the audience is concerned, um, there, you can't put governance in place if you don't have that buy-in. And what, what advice do you have for folks who are looking for that buy-in? I mean, you already touched on, on a lot. Is there, is there like a short, you know, if you each had to, had to distill your advice down for me and an association who's trying to convince leadership to start thinking about content from a strategic standpoint, what are your few words of advice for me? Start where you can. Um, just do something. Um, and this is my standard content strategy. Just do it. <laughs> um, because everybody has something within their purview. You don't have to get permission. No one, it's rare that someone's going to ask you to do content strategy. So if you know that this is important, figure out one part of your job that you can you can look at content more strategically. And then when you have good results, share them um, with whoever will listen to you. I concur. I, I would say start with a pilot project. First, develop a vision about, so here's, we know what our pain points are. Everybody does. We know we don't talk to each other. We know we don't understand what's working and what isn't or whatever it might be. And um, create a vision of what it would get the association if that pain point were fixed and find some way to try to fix it, do a little pilot project under the radar so that you have stories to tell. Yeah. And for me, I'm going to rely on one of the quotes that came out of one of our interviews. Always put your member first. The board isn't first. The staff isn't first. The member needs are first. And if you can carry that forward to your boss or to the C-suite or to your exec that creating and producing content with the member first vision in mind is going to work, that'll get you started. That is all super smart and super inspiring. And I am so impressed by the work that the three of you have done. You've just created like this 
pure content strategy gold for associations everywhere. So thank you so much for your hard work and good job ASE Foundation for commissioning this in the first place. Um, if you are listening and you are interested in content strategy research, just do it. There, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, great, good. Um, we are going to post a bunch of the resources that we've talked about today in our show notes at contentstrategy.com. Is there a link, though, that you would like to share where people can find the research? Yes, they can go to asaefoundation.org slash association content strategies. That is the most sense-making URL I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Carrie and Hillary and Dina. This has been outstanding. Um, and uh, best of luck with your continued work. You're all doing such fantastic writing and speaking around the topic of content strategy and helping to evolve the discipline. So thanks on behalf of the listeners and on behalf of me. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Christine. Yeah, thanks. You've been listening to the Content Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Halverson. This podcast is brought to you by contentstrategy.com and Brain Traffic, a content strategy consultancy. Find out more about Brain Traffic at, of course, braintraffic.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.